to another episode of Us Anxious Folk. I am here with the lovely Felicia from California. Felicia is a mum to two. And I was just saying to her, someone that, um, you know, I've been talking to back and forth for quite a few years now, but it's nice to actually finally meet you. So thank mm. you for being on yes. the show, Felicia. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here. <laughs> um, so tell me your anxiety story, if you will. Yes. Okay. I'm going to try to make it brief. Like your last, <laughs> your last guest. Um, I started having anxiety when I was 11. Mm-hmm. So I'm 37 now. So it's been chronic since I was 11. Um, and I've, I would started with a massive panic attack at an elementary school when I saw my sister go off to sixth grade camp. So I was there on the blacktop seeing her go. And all of a sudden, the typical panic feeling started coming and I had I had never experienced this obviously it's my first time but I it freaked me out big time and then I was yeah, I was 11 so I was around like puberty age and then ever since then it was like back to back to back panic attacks and it got so bad that I couldn't leave the house I couldn't go to school anymore um my mom was really freaked out didn't know how to help me she took me to the doctor they couldn't find anything wrong with me. I had so many blood tests. They kept checking my thyroid. Couldn't find anything wrong with me physically. Uh, but I couldn't sleep. I would pace our apartment. Uh, and I just avoided being outside at all times. Um, it was really, it that lasted for a, a good year, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, that ended basically with my mom just caved and said, well, why don't we just get you some medication because she was getting threats from the school saying she needs to be back in school. Um, She can't be gone this long. And so it was a real, it was a very traumatic time, extremely traumatic because there were a lot of rumors going around at school, even though it wasn't popular or anything, but it was, people were wondering where I was and suspicion started to rise. Anyway, so I was put on some medication and that did work. It stopped the panic attacks but it didn't stop the intrusive thoughts Hmm. it didn't stop any new phobias to arise um so i went back to school i was going through the motions um i was just kind of numbed out i was just kind of checked out but i was just grateful to be functioning Hmm. Um, and then it pretty much stayed stagnant for until i got to about 10th grade where the doctor thought that maybe my panic attacks were returning because my medication had worn off. And I thought that was really odd, um, like kind of like an antibiotic where after a while, it just you get desensitized to it. So they put me on something else and that worked, thank goodness. And then again, it was just going through the motions. And so I wanted to go off it so bad, but at the same time, I was scared if I did, I would just not be functional and it would just just be wreck my life. Um, so then um, once I met my husband and we decided to have kids and everything, I wanted to go off it for my first pregnancy. We went really, really slow with my doctor and I was working at a law firm at the time. And um, it got to the point where, again, I couldn't, couldn't function without it. I couldn't drive. I couldn't, I couldn't leave the house. I was having round the clock panic attacks again. And the doctor just said, saying, well, you must just have a chemical imbalance. You just, you need this medication. We've gone as super slow as we can go. And this is just how you're wired. And you're going to have to go back on it if you don't want to be this way. So of course I'm scared. I'm like, okay, of course. Um, but I just tried to pick 
the one that was least the least dangerous for a pregnancy um the one that had been around the longest um and thankfully that worked i didn't my kids i took it for both pregnancies unfortunately i had with on i since unfortunately i they are fine but <laughs> that's not how i wanted it yeah that's <laughs> not how yeah. i wanted it yep um so that's been pretty much the basis from it i mean it's I've been on medication this whole time since I was 11 and with various periods of trying to get off of it and not being able to successfully. And mm -hmm. now I'm at the point where like, gosh, maybe it's because I've been on it so long now that even if I go really, really slow, it's going to take a lot, lot longer. Um, and so I'm, I'm scared to go to down that road again because like, well, now I have little ones mm -hmm. and I can't be functional. Um, and that scares me. Yeah. I try to look at it. People said to me, well, it's like, you know, like a diabetic, you know, you, you just, you need the insulin. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, you just need this certain medication to make you functional. And sometimes that works for me. And other days I'm like, this is not okay. I, I'd like to not be on this. Um, and, but it's still a, a constant struggle daily because I do still have intrusive thoughts. My fears have heightened or manifested into other things over the years like things i didn't fear back when i was that age or mm. definitely think about a lot now in fear and things that i used to do i, I don't do now or i really put way more thought into it mm -hmm. so it's definitely still much a big part of my life and i i've been through so many modes of therapy and it still hasn't gotten me to the point where i feel like okay i got this under control yeah yeah, yeah. they're um I feel like there's a lot to unpack. <laughs> there's so much. I know it's really heavy, right? <laughs> no, it's just it's like I, where do you like, begin with that? Yeah. Well, there's so much that sticks out at me. Um, yeah. But working my way backwards, the yeah, the first thing is how you said um, in terms of the medication. I just the diabetic comparison. I don't know why, but that has always bugged me from the first time I heard it. Yeah, I, I just I, I don't. It yeah i don't really like terrible to me yeah yeah it's not the same thing i feel like and i know that they um recently finally disproved the chemical in imbalance theory yes i saw um, that yeah, yeah which i have to say was really validating in a lot of ways because yeah. i never bought that and <laughs> i was okay. annoyed okay. when i kept being told that yes so because it feels completely out of your control and what are you correct. supposed to do with that information yeah 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 um and it's it's frustrating and so mm -hmm. you've is it two different medications mm -hmm. that you've been on throughout the whole time yes yeah yes okay. mm -hmm. um i i can imagine i mean i'm putting feelings in your in your <laughs> mouth but for me <laughs> i felt trapped being on medication and wanting to come off but yeah being scared of not functioning right um and so is there an element of that or are you mostly just, you know, accept, accepting of, of taking medication? I think it's a little bit of both because I've become so, it's default. I've been on yeah. it for so long that it's just yeah. part of my everyday and I don't think about it. And then there's other days where I'm just like, this is not okay. And I, but I'm also scared of, again, yeah, going through sure. that, of being not functional and, um, yeah that because I, I couldn't have thought of a safer better way to do it mm. and yet I still quote unquote failed um 
Yeah. So that, yeah, there's a, definitely a fear element to that as well. Yeah. I, I think there's a lot of, um, I mean, yeah. if you've been on it since, been on a medication since you were 11, yeah. Um, yeah. I guess that would, you know, your your hormones would almost rely on on yeah. that sort of balance being yeah. in there, if that makes sense. Right. Balance isn't the right, right word, but. <laughs> yeah, I know <laughs> so what you I mean. I wasn't surprised when you said yeah. as a was it as a teenager that you <clears throat> the medication allegedly wore off? Yes, that's what the doctors. Yeah, that's when it's like, why am I having panic attacks again? And I couldn't go to school for a period of time again in tenth yeah. grade. Yeah, and so we had to be again. Let's find something else for you. But again, their therapies and things of that nature weren't weren't explored. Yeah, at that time for myself, it was because there was such a rush. I think from the school and from my family to just get me fixed. Mm -hmm. um, not a whole lot of thought was put into it. It was just, we want to get this kick, you know, nip this in the bud and get you back on your feet and move along. And, yeah. you know, and, and I wonder now too, because my daughter's around the same age, if that's going to start coming up. And I, there's a lot of thing thoughts that go through my head when it comes to that. And I just keep crossing my fingers that it was just, because I had a traumatic childhood and I just think maybe it was more environmental um okay. than genetic or um anything else i just feel like maybe that had more of an impact than i thought yeah at the time because that's always... all you know at the time yeah yeah well that's it yeah. it's mm. and, and that first panic attack i mean i yeah. all the people i've spoken to that's yeah. pretty much been the story like i had this first panic attack and it just yeah. <laughs> from there you know it's from then on oh, yeah yes yeah. 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 And so you mentioned phobias. What yes. what were your fears like back then mm -hmm. if you could, you know, back when you were around 11 years old? Like what Oh gosh, it was Well, besides uh, agoraphobia, you know, in uh, open spaces, it was um doctors offices. Like cuz I would I guess cuz I went so much and they kept testing me and one time I fainted right after they got my took my blood and I was like, "Oh god, why well, I never fainted before." So yeah. that probably opened up a gateway of a phobia there. Um I just remember just feeling like very out of control. So I guess I was more focused around medical situations, but in a smaller way than it is now. Like mm -hmm. now I think it's gotten a lot bigger, more specific. But back then it was just like, I just don't want to have to go to a hospital. I don't want to have to go to the doctor's office. I don't have to get more tests. Mm -hmm. I don't want there to be anything physically wrong with me. And then I started to obsess about nutrition labels. I would read the labels. And I didn't even know what it meant, but I would look at it going, oh, there's too much <laughs> salt, something. there's too much sugar, yeah, right? And I'm like, I'm 11, 12, and I'm obsessing about it. And But I remember it's no one really saying anything to me about it of like, well, you know, trying to get it under control. It was just very glossed over. So that allowed me to continue to go down that road mm -hmm. and it intensified, um, mm -hmm. unfortunately, until I was able to kind of be on my own and take the bull by the horns and explore the methods to get me help okay yeah and what what sort of other methods yeah. did that involve um lots of lots of cognitive behavioral therapy so a lot of talk therapy mm -hmm. um i did some exposure therapy so things that you know at the time that i was scared of was getting my blood drawn or like i said being in a medical setting um but again, it was like, there's really no point for me to be in those places a lot of the time. So it was more just 
okay, you know, if that's convenient for you, go and try that out or uh, whatnot. But so it was more, um, at that time, it was more talk therapy. Um, and then I've tried art therapy and somatic therapy and mm -hmm. hypnosis. Um, and I've really come to the conclusion, I think, in my mind that it's, I have a lot of stored trauma. And in order to release that, my nervous system really needs a whole reset. And it's more than just thoughts now. It's because I used to think it's, oh, once I get rid of these intrusive thoughts, once I get this under control, once I start doing things that I used to be afraid of, this will even out and mm -hmm. it'll be better. But now I feel like it's way more complicated and layered than that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we're not, it's just, like, we're not just bright, uh, brains walking around, we're bodies. No, no. <laughs> exactly. The yeah. mind body connection is huge. Yes. Yes. But it took me years to really let that sink in and realize that because I was just, like I said, on default mode for so long, just survival mode, just go through the motions, go through school, get your degrees, have the kids, whatever. And it's not until these last couple of years that I've really set aside more time to prioritize and figure out how best to get this under control because it feels like it's it's definitely you know healing is not linear i know so it's, it's a constant up and down but at the same time it feels like certain things have intensified or been blown out of proportion uh way more than they were like 10 years ago yeah so i'm like i don't want to keep on this trajectory yeah i mean in saying that though like we've had a hell of a couple of years you know oh yeah <laughs> no kidding <laughs> yes big time yeah that didn't help no, yeah. not at all <laughs> i think everyone said that yeah that didn't yes didn't improve things didn't help yeah <laughs> are you a lawyer because you said you were working in a law firm oh no i wasn't no i i was in a law firm but i was no i was um a paralegal slash receptionist so i'd go between the two okay. um and how did that affect you? Um, I imagine that'd be a pretty hectic job. Yeah. Yeah. How did, yeah, how did you manage all of that? <laughs> I would just kind of, I kind of just fell into that job because of my, my mother-in-law at the time. Anyway, I fell into that job. So it wasn't like, oh, I want to be a lawyer. I want to get my foot in the door. I was like, oh, there's a job open. I'm in college. I need to pay bills. Let's do this. It was extremely difficult. <laughs> yes, exactly. Just, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm in college. I don't know what I want to do with my life, but I'm going to do this and work. Um, it was extremely difficult uh, at times uh, because there were days where I couldn't, it's like, how am I even going to be able to get in the car and go to work? Um, and just doing it anyway, because like fake it till you make it. And that's how I felt like, I'll just, no one ever knew either. No one had any idea. I could be really in a state of high anxiety and I could hold it together because I didn't want anyone to know about it. Yeah. I didn't want to explain it. I didn't know how anyone would understand it. Cause even my husband to this day is not, doesn't really know how to handle it. It's just, okay, that's you and I'm here, but I don't know what to say. And so I thought, well, of course these people aren't going to know what to do. So um, luckily I never had to take any full time off or anything. I didn't have to, you know, be on disability or anything like that. But I went to the bathroom a lot just to like get away, just to clear my head, just to try to get my thoughts under control, take some deep breaths and reset and then go back. And yeah, and then I was really glad when I left because I was like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm really not mentally okay to do this on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. It's funny though how much we can function 
um, you know, like we can be going through absolute hell in our minds and bodies and yet on the outside, it can look like we're managing, yeah. <laughs> you know, yes. holding down jobs, yes. kids. like it's, it's crazy. Yeah. And, and like you said, not mentioning it to people, like going to such great yes. lengths to appear mm-hmm. normal or like you're okay. Yes. 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 And it can, that can be very lonely as well. Like, did you have anyone that you could open up to? Yeah. I had my mom and my sister and my, and my husband and everything, but it was, it wasn't helpful in the moment other than to vent, you know, if you were, uh, if I was in a heightened state of panic, yeah, I could call and they would kind of talk me down, but that rush, that constant state of anxiety was never mm. a conversation wasn't enough to yeah. to calm me down. Um, and my mom would say, well, why don't you just get some some anti-anxiety meds or you know, just something to take the edge off? And I was always very much, no, I know people get addicted and I know it's really hard to get off of it, and I don't want to have another thing on my plate. Yeah. So that's another thing I was always doing is like wouldn't accept the help or I wouldn't even if I knew it probably could work for me, it was like, I'd rather grit and bear it. Yeah. And try to get it through my, and same with phone calls and reaching out to people. It was like, no, I'm just gonna prove to myself that I got this, I can do this. Um, but then you're like, I don't got this. Weak. <laughs> I don't got this, but I got, <laughs> I look like I got it. <laughs> it reminds me of the author, Matt Haig, how he said um, he never wanted to try Xanax or anything like that because he couldn't even handle the, you know, taking a Panadol, like a paracetamol and then the effects of that. So he's like, I just avoided all the anti-anxiety medication because I I couldn't cope with the idea of getting addicted to it or, you know, it changing my, yeah, it's hard. Right. Right. Yeah. So um, you mentioned hypnosis, which I've only done that once. um, And I get asked about it a fair bit and I'm like, I've only Mm -hmm. done it once. I I don't know. Um, yeah. But I think, yeah, so many people are interested in those sort of therapies. Yeah. Um, how how did you go with hypnotherapy and um, somatic therapy, art therapy? It's more just like, what haven't I tried that could potentially work <laughs> and get me off this medication and uh, heal me? Uh, my, my sister's been very helpful as far as giving me recommend she's not a therapist but she's very much into psychology and she would look things up for me and go maybe she could try this and she'd help me find people in the area and so as far as hypnosis it's it's very in somatic therapy it's it's very relaxing in the moments and it's very I would say cathartic because there is a lot of things you can release in that moment I don't think I did it long enough to fully get the benefit from it. And I did some of it was virtually. So I, I don't recommend it for to do it virtually when it's body work. And I prefer to be in person and really have that full experience, maybe to get more out of it. So I personally didn't find that it did much for me because but again, I didn't stick to it long enough, most likely. And I, um, but again, in the moment, just like with talk therapy, it is very, um, it is therapeutic and it was, some things do come up when they're doing imagery and and things of that nature that we're like, oh, that's really insightful. And yeah. that feels like the release there, but overall, yeah, didn't feel like that was, and again, I'm not looking for one thing. It's not one thing, but yeah, 
I was hoping for more of a gateway, I guess, of steering me in the right direction. And okay, this is the one that I should concentrate on. Yeah. Give the most attention to. Yeah. yeah. I have to say, I, I found hypnosis to be very um, inspiring. Like I, mm-hmm. I felt quite motivated the day afterwards, but <clears throat> I, I, I wasn't totally honest with the guy either. Like that was oh. back when I didn't like talking about toilet anxiety. And so when he asked me, you know, what are you oh, here yeah. for? I was like, I just have bad panic attacks. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. So there was yeah. that element of not letting people in enough to actually yeah. receive help. But yeah, I still, yes. um, I'd be interested to give it more of a try. Mm. And like you said, have those sort of memories that come up mm. or insights where maybe yes. you realize you've been holding that you know, for a long time. Yes. A lot of inner child stuff definitely comes through. And so I know there's a lot of that to work through yeah. um, that I need to explore more. Yeah. It's like we're just big children inside, really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're stuck in time. And yeah, it's constantly crying out, wanting that attention. And it's like, I don't have time for you. And <laughs> I don't know what to do. And yeah. I got my own things going on. You have to wait. And then it just gets more intense yeah um, yeah but it feels like I'm constantly having to foster and baby that part of me yeah of course it doesn't get out of control yeah um, so have you got a um have you got something happening at the moment in terms of like a method like are you doing exposure mm-hmm. therapy or are you are you just living in <laughs> yeah I, it's months? mostly just living I'm not doing exposure now um yeah. it's more just living and uh, one of the things that was really hard for me is is to travel, but mostly because I don't want to be away from my comfort zone. It's just, that's my safe haven. And so I overpack. We went on a camping trip last year and I brought so many things <laughs> in case, mostly food, um, because I'm like, well, I don't want to get my, my blood sugar to drop and I don't want to get cranky. And I just like, yeah. if, you know what I mean? Like, it was ridiculous. And so it put a damper on things. So I'm very mindful of that. So, you know, I try to just go outside my box more as far as trying new things. That's my, that's my goal. Mm-hmm. Um, even it doesn't have to be, you know, exotic travel, but just enough where it's like, you went two hours away. Yes. <laughs> I'm supposed to go camping with my daughter for her Girl Scout troop. And I'm like, okay, I got to drive her there, <laughs> spend three nights there. Wow. Um, okay, it's supposed to be a fun thing, but for me, it's just whew, uh, anxiety-inducing. So I would say that's my main thing, and then I try to do incorporate journaling a lot every day and take some time to do some breath work. But the breath work's never really been big for me. It's been that was that's been challenging. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much what I'm doing now. I I would love to get back into somatic again mm-hmm. and see if that would help me more. I think I'm very interested in, in somatic therapy because I think mm-hmm. like I've heard that the saying that trauma is a full body response, but I, I found that so true in terms of panic attacks because you're constantly, you know, contracted, you're constantly trying to sort of prepare yourself and, and hide yourself and appear yeah. normal. And like, yes. there's so much of just suppression. And so yeah. I think it'd be really interesting to, I know with a lot of somatics, it's trying to sort of, you know, open your body to what emotions are there rather than locking them away. Um, right. Right. But yeah, it's, yeah. I feel like 
we're only just like learning the the very yeah. basics of that like yes tip of the iceberg with all that kind absolutely of stuff. yeah I think so too yeah I think so too I'm just glad I'm grateful to be living in an era where there is so many tools and resources as opposed to back in like my grandparents day or something where it's like electroshock therapy or mental hospital I don't have to worry about that it's exactly you know, there's a lot of awareness about it um, <clears throat> so I'm very grateful for that yeah, yeah. even as a kid though I would say that mm -hmm. um you know like you said back then it was it was let's just get this fixed as quickly as we can yes and, um uh, in the time I've been taking medication, it's everything's changed. <laughs> yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. 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 And I look back and I wonder how it would have, how things would have uh, changed if we, my parents had handled it differently, um, gotten, gotten me different resources and didn't immediately jump, jump the gun and put me on medication. But I know that they were just doing, they were yeah. scared and they were doing with the best that they could at the time. Yeah, and, as a uh, parent, it's like let's yeah. get our kid back to school and and back to feeling yes. like themselves. Exactly. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So, and you mentioned yeah. with um your daughter, you know, you're worrying about is is it going to yeah. up with her? How <laughs> yeah. how have you managed that with parenting? Because I I see my daughter mimicking some of my anxious behaviors a lot, and I okay, I'm yes, like <laughs> trying. I'm like. Don't do what I do. Yes. <laughs> what I say, not what I do. Do as I say, not as I do. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so how do, how do you go with parenting yeah. and, and managing it all? Um, well, the, the, the flip side of that is she is not like me in that she's very much an extrovert, loves to talk, loves to be social. So I was not like that at all as a kid. So I go, where did she come from? Yeah. And fortunately, I haven't seen her exhibit any of those signs, although she does seem to be quite attached to me. So she's very concerned about my safety and well-being. If I leave, it's always be careful, mommy. Or she'll even go so far as saying, don't die, mommy. Oh, like, oh goodness. Okay. So then I start to overthink that sometimes going, is this a red flag of, you know, um, of anxiety that's kind of coming around the corner. But for the most part, she hasn't, neither of my kids have shown any of that. So I'm, I'm grateful for that. But it's more like just, well, once puberty sets in, like it did for me, is that when it will start surfacing? Yeah. Um, I would say in the early years of their childhood, it was a lot harder to balance my anxiety and their needs because mm -hmm. um, they were so dependent and yeah. I had no help. It was just, my husband was gone a lot of time at work and I had no immediate family to help me out. So it was just literally me and my, and I look back and go, oh, I did it. I did. I had, I had my three-year-old and my newborn and I did it. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow I did it. <laughs> um, so it's gotten a lot, it's gotten easier uh, as they gotten older because they're more independent and yeah. they can really vocalize and things of that nature. But at the same time, I feel like almost like I want to confide in my daughter because she feels like an old soul and is wise. And, and I got to remember, oh, she's only a child. Yeah. <laughs> Don't dump on <laughs> her. But yet. she has questions. She has a lot of questions and she wants, she idolizes me and wants to know all about my childhood and all these things. And I'm like, I gotta, hmm. I gotta really, you know, censor some things or just, you know, you know, stagger what I tell her, um, yeah. when, and it's, when it's age appropriate. But, it's hard to know the so, line yeah. with kids. Yes. Like, you know, you want to, I try and be very open with Lila about how I'm feeling, but then Sometimes Anthony will be like, that's a lot of information for a kid. <laughs> for a little <laughs> like, kid, oh exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I don't want to talk their head off and dump my problems on them. Um, but at the same time, it's sometimes I find myself if I'm in tears or in the midst of it, I just got to, I tried to give it a short burst of like, mommy's just feeling a little upset right now. And uh, yeah. I'm, I'm not a little anxious, but I'll be okay. And yeah, usually that's enough. Um, but yeah, they don't know the full picture and they shouldn't, but um, I'm, I'm wondering, yeah, when she gets a little bit older around puberty time that that's what if she'll have a similar experience or that's when something will showcase, but at least I know how to, I know a lot more than I did then. So For sure. I feel much more confident yeah. how I would handle that. I feel like a lot of it is having a way to cope and learning those coping skills, yeah. um, learning how to, you know, release excess adrenaline and, and things like that. And even just self-care basics as a kid, I don't remember being taught in school how important things like sleep are for your health and, and you know, proper nutrition. Yeah. Like we got taught the food pyramid, but that was about it, <laughs> you know? Yes, exactly, I feel like yes. If, if we give our kids, if we equip them with, with you know, the knowledge that they need on how to cope mm -hmm. when you are feeling panicked, then half the, the battle is won, I think. Yes. I think so. Life skills. Yeah, I think that's monumental. And just the emotions that come up and how to handle those emotions based on the situation you're in at the time. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. That's unfortunately left out. And it's yes. of the system. And it's up to us parents to, you know, talk to them about it and show them But like, well, I really can't show you because I'm still learning, but I can read about it and give you yeah, some well, techniques. I mean, learn together. <laughs> yes, exactly. We're learning together. Yeah. yeah your daughter sounds like she's um yeah like lila sometimes is an alien to me i'm like i don't know where oh, you really? get that from but yes it's not from me but yeah it's it, it teaches yeah. me so much and i learn from her so your, your daughter sounds a bit similar <laughs> yes yes i learned i tell her that's you i'm learning just as much as you are from me yeah, yeah lots to offer yeah. <laughs> so what are your um these days what's your main uh, symptoms, I guess, like, is it still mostly the health, you know, hospitals and that kind of thing, or is there other ways it manifests? Yeah. Yeah. It's mostly health. Um, that's why I was, I looked back and I was, I was petrified to give birth, but I did it and it worked out. Um, so I look back when I'm feeling really, you know, doubting myself. So yeah, right now it's still like hospitals, medical settings. I don't know why I've never had an issue in those places yeah so i don't know where that came from um i know my dad would say you know he would tell us things back in his day of we call them horror stories his version of horror stories that were just like things that had gone awry and things that went bad and maybe he planted some seeds in my head early on of not to be trustful of certain industries and whatnot and um now i think i've just kind of blown that out of proportion mm. so yeah. And then my husband had, my husband went through, um, cancer, um, when our daughter was six months old and that really wow. blew things up way out of proportion, even more so because it was like, how can this be? I didn't see this coming. And now it's like, okay, well now I got every little symptom. I got to take it seriously because mm -hmm. what if I miss it? And it's that, you know? Um, so yeah, that's, that's primarily, and, and that's the thing I, it's ironic because I've never had any catastrophic event um mm. nothing that would make sense as to why 
I obsess over it and I get worried about it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I can't imagine having to go through that for both of you and with a six month old yeah. as well. That's yeah, intense. It was very, very intense. Yeah. We got through it, but it was, it was, it felt like it would drew us further apart than closer together because we were both so fearful of yeah. what the outcome would be um, because we were so caught off guard and unprepared and didn't know what the future held. And, um, but luckily it was a very treatable cancer mm -hmm. and um, he had his chemo and, you know, things have, he's luck fortunately been over a decade now, but Maybe. cancer free. Yeah. Um, but that really did a number on me. And I felt looking back, I go, gosh, I was so selfish because I kept thinking about, I was panicking, you know, going to chemo with him or, you know, um, when he'd had his bone marrow test and things of that nature. I was like, oh, I can't, but I wanted to be there for him. And I just was like, I felt so bad, but I couldn't, crawling out of my skin being in those situations. Yeah. 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 It's it's hard. But I mean, yeah. like you said, with giving birth, you you do it. <laughs> It's, you do it. You, do, yeah. you really have and a choice have at that it, point. You do it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. okay. <laughs> Sounds like you've been through a lot. Um, and yeah, I, I. what's your goal for, what are your goals for moving forward? Like I know you said it doesn't even need to be exotic travel, just Right. you know being able to go places in general without over preparing yeah. maybe but what yeah for you what would be your you know ideal growth in the next couple of years mm. i i really want to get outside of my head and be more way more present because i'm constantly in the future catastrophizing um and waiting for there to shoot a drop so i would really like to get focused on being much more present and mindful and I'm trying to focus on being grateful and um, looking forward to things, having things on the horizon that I can really look forward to and make life worth living. Um, and I guess, yeah, just getting outside outside my comfort zone mm -hmm. in various ways. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, because I feel like I said, like, I feel like I've tried all these different modes and I'm still not where I want to be. Functional, mm -hmm. but I'm not where I want to be. Yeah. Um, and I really don't know what that looks like for me personally. Yeah. I feel, okay, I got this. I'm good. Or, um, I'm content. Yeah. Mm. Cause it feels like it's still, <laughs> as you get older, you know, <laughs> more things seem to pop up and, yeah. um, I just really would like to get a hold of my reactions and, and my thoughts. Like, why does everything have to be a bad worst case scenario yeah why can't it go the other way ever yeah yeah so that that constant fight or flight that defensive mode yes always seeking always out being on thinking. edge yeah yeah mm -hmm. I, I yes know exactly how that feels and it's it's yeah. shit <laughs> it is, <laughs> it's very much so <laughs> yeah because <laughs> yeah. right. there was a focus on death there for a while a lot and I'm like, well, I don't want to go to the middle of my life thinking, you know, looking back and going, wow, I wasted so much and I had good health and I had a good home life. And all I kept thinking about was, you know, um, bad health and end of life and all the things that could go wrong and yeah. didn't. Yeah. And what a waste. So I really, 
that bugs me and then that's a good motivator for me yeah more yeah. present yeah i i think i could do with being a bit more present as well i'm i'm yeah. quite often off somewhere else <laughs> yeah exactly and it's and i know my kids see that they're like you know they want to get down and play with me and they want me to you know do something and then i'm I'm distracted. Mm -hmm. I'm distracted and I'm trying to numb myself and I'm just, I don't, I'm trying to get outside my head, but doing what they want to do usually isn't enough <laughs> for me to be fully outside of my head and be present. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So on that note, yes, probably know the question I'm going to ask. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> what's your, what's your advice to someone else struggling, you know, feeling lost? What would be the one thing you'd say to them? Yeah. Um, find your support system. Um, it's never as bad as you think it's going to be. Mm -hmm. um, I, I had the most horrific thoughts before and thought all everything would go wrong and none of that ever happened. And, you know, there, I think there's like a quote out there of like, you know, 95, 95% yes. of the time, whatever, it doesn't, it doesn't mm -hmm. go wrong. You know, it, doesn't work out that way. Our worries don't come to fruition. Yeah. So um, I guess, yeah, the support system, knowing that it's highly unlikely these worries are going to come to fruition and that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. So maybe if you're not exactly where you want to be, you can be stable and um, it can be sufficient, at least for a period of time. You can still get joy out of life. You can still do things that you didn't think were possible. I never thought I'd have kids. I was, no, I can't do that. <laughs> I can't have kids, even though everybody seems to have kids. For me, it was like, no, that's completely off the table. And for me, it's like, that was monumental. Um, so it it's I would huge. say- You've got two, it is, up two healthy It doesn't children. feel huge yeah, now. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't feel huge, you know, when I look at the outside world, I'm like, everybody has to have kids, but, for me personally, that was a huge deal. It's a big, big uh, buildup and um, it's made me a better person because now I can, I have something to live for. I have something to aspire to. So I would say, if, even if it's not having kids, but just, you know, I would have loved to someone say that, yeah, I know this is really rough right now, but I promise you, you're not always going to feel this way. It's temporary. It's temporary, just like a panic attack, even though it feels like it's never going to end. It always ends. It always tapers out and there is hope on the other side. Um, that would have been really beneficial to me back then. I would have felt like I really had something to cling to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I gotta stop asking this question in interviews because yeah. I get it always makes me teary. Chokes you up. <laughs> when I hear the answer, <laughs> I'm like, no. <laughs> That's beautiful. I love that. I mean, do you ever get the, does anyone ever say anything the opposite of that? Do they ever go like, well, sorry, you're out of luck. Um, yeah, there's no, the fuck up. no, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, everyone, I, okay. I mean, that's the thing. Like we all, yeah. we all know this stuff um, we do innately. and we can, we can guide other people through it and we can help other people. But it's just when it comes to ourselves, yes. we seem to have these blinders on. <laughs> yes. Yes. And yeah. it helps to really have that like-minded community so your page and the podcast it's so helpful especially in those moments when you're like i am the only person that feels this way i am yeah. an oddball no one else has this fear yeah and then you find that oh my gosh no there's there's other ones out there and it's it really it sits well with I me mean, not that you want misery loves company kind of thing but it's just <laughs> reassuring to know that 
it is you know yeah yeah it makes you wonder how many people you know in your everyday life are actually hiding those same things that you've tried to hide and and feeling the same way yeah we're we're all just bumbling our way through life (laughs) (laughs) and i'll say you might someone someone said to my son the other day a kid that i'm not afraid of anything and he went everyone's afraid of something yeah. Like, okay, good. I, I guess I think I imparted that on him because I think I've said that to him of, no, it's, you can't not be afraid of, everyone has something. That, yeah, that's it. Yeah. It's human nature. Yes, it's part of being alive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing your anxiety <laughs> yes. story. I, I very much yeah. appreciate it. Anyone yes. wants to contact Felicia, I will <laughs> tag her Instagram. Um, but yeah, thank you so much. Okay. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you for listening to the Us Anxious Folk podcast, the podcast for the chronically overwhelmed, perpetually panicked, anxious folk in all of us. If you would like to find more about me, you can find me on YouTube at Lauren Rose or on Instagram at Lauren R underscore Rose.